Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Magnolia Beef and Seminary has top quality beef products that are raised right here in Mississippi. They also have fantastic gifts for every age. For the best beef in Mississippi and so much more, visit Magnolia Beef and Seminary or find us on Facebook. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to uh, Coast View. I really apologize for the bad quality of the conversation with Jeff. As I pointed out, he was at the Zurich Classic in the media room where I'm sure the Wi-Fi there is just being you know used in, in intensively. Then on top of that, you had noise in the background. And what we what Kyle and I have learned when you've got noise in the background, uh, what happens is in Skype, which we use Skype, it tends to compete. The, the the microphones end up sort of competing with one another. And I looked at I looked at Kyle during the conversation because we can uh, we can see, he and I can see each other, and he's just shaking his head. <laughs> I'm like, uh, oh, this is not good. But we, we, you know, you could you could hear it enough to really appreciate that the Zurich Classic is a really special tournament for this region, not just New Orleans. And some of the best golfers in the world are there, and and they're really enjoying being in the, in in the Gulf region. That that's for sure. Um, I'm a, I'm excited now. Let me bring let me bring my next guest on in, and then I'll tell you a little bit about him and uh, about this partnership that we formed with Rob. But before we go any further, I want to I want to bring Rob Ziegler, my friend, who works for Cruising the Coast. Actually, has a yeah. wonderful media background, and we'll get into that in a second. But Rob, welcome to Coast View, my friend. Thanks, Ricky. I appreciate you having me. I'm looking forward to uh, being part of the Super Talk team, so to speak, and I uh, look forward to uh, talking to you in the future as well as today. Rob has a wonderful, wonderful history in newspapers in the, in the state, and we'll break it down here in just a second. But as I have said on a number of occasions over the past couple of weeks, Rob is now a contributing columnist. We call him a thought, a thought leader and uh, because he's a terrific writer, he's worked in Laurel and Oxford and Picayune and Meridian and Vicksburg, and now he's on the coast. He grew up on the coast of, in Orange Grove. So he's got a really good statewide perspective. What he will be writing about is not just issues related to coastal Mississippi, but but sort of you know the social condition as it relates to the state. So it could be a wide variety of issues. In this particular case, it's about gun violence in Mississippi, the column, the first column that he wrote. And we'll come back to that here in just a second. But I wanted you to get to know Rob better. And uh, and you can see his column, incidentally, at the supertalk.fm uh, uh, online site for, for Supertalk Mississippi News, dot, supertalk.fm, and go to news and then opinion and you'll you'll find his column there. We'll actually uh, uh, attach a link to his column to go along with this conversation we're about to have here in just a second. But we've got a growing number of contributors that are contributing. We've got a great news team at Super Talk Mississippi News. And as I've said many times, the the opportunity we have through these shows to make news, to to talk to to, to newsmakers. Uh, both on this show and shows that are that are regional across the state and then through the the statewide shows. Uh, when when someone um, important in this state has something they want to say, they usually come to Super Talk first. And when you combine that with the news effort and the news network, which goes beyond the 26 radio stations that are owned by Super Talk Mississippi Media, into 51 radio stations total, this is a very powerful news network. And as I said in my conversation with the owner of Super Talk, Steve. 
Stu Davenport, it's a unique arrangement, one of the most unique, probably the most unique arrangement of, of uh, collection of radio stations in the United States, because what's happening is radio stations are going to sort of the central location, and they don't have local anymore. But Steve's doubled down on local, and Rob's now part of that effort. Rob, so you grew up in, in um, you grew up in Orange Grove, but t- tell about your, your path that, that brought you ultimately to cruising the coast. Well, like you said, I grew up in Orange Grove, uh, went to Harrison Central, graduated in 83. So I'm, you know, fixing to have a 40th class reunion here <laughs> in a few weeks and uh, grew up in, you know, like I said, like you said, in Orange Grove and went to Harrison Central. And my path in Harrison Central, I always knew I wanted to be a journalist. Um, when I was 17 years old, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And so I went to Delta State. Uh, got my, went after finishing Delta State, went on to uh, my first newspaper gig was actually in Lynette, Alabama, of all places, and spent a year in Lynette and had an opportunity to get back closer to the coast. And an opportunity came up in Picayune, and I worked at the Picayune Item for 15 years, um, actually, and um, was there when Katrina hit in 05. And uh, I was actually supposed to interview for a job in Laurel as the managing editor. Um, the weekend that Katrina hit, that August 29th, we were supposed to have a meeting on that Monday. Needless to say, we, we didn't have that meeting and uh, took another month and a half before I actually went up to Laurel to be the managing editor and, and uh, spent uh, eight, eight years there in Laurel and uh, had an opportunity to go to Oxford and uh, spent almost two years in Oxford and then went to Vicksburg and kind of wrapped up my 30-year career um, in print journalism as the managing editor there at the Vicksburg Post and uh, decided I want to get back closer to the coast. And, uh, you know, my mom and dad are still alive with us. Fortunately, I'm blessed to say that and want to be back closer to them and um, decided to move back to the coast in, in 19, 2019. And uh, opportunity here at Cruising the Coast was available. And uh, my family has been part of Cruising the Coast uh, for more than a decade, probably 15, 20 years, uh, part of the cruise on the coast as, as participants. And uh, so now I'm the assistant registration director here. So I'm enjoying every minute of it. It's, it's, it's a lot, <laughs> you know, cruising, cruising is what it is. It's, it's a big event and a lot, of, a lot of work to do and all of that. But uh, it's nothing like that daily grind of print journalism deadline. You know, you know what I'm talking about, where it's just constant, nonstop deadlines uh, commitment for, you know, like I, I did it for 30 years as a sports editor and a, and a managing editor and enjoyed it. I loved it. Miss doing it at times and still kind of dabble in it a little bit, you know, with special publications, you know, write a you know, feature every once in a while for a few of those newspapers I used to work for in their magazines. But for the most part, I've, I've um, retired from print journalism. So I'm looking forward to being part of the Super Talk. Uh, really appreciated uh, when, when y'all reached out to me and had this opportunity to, to contribute in, in some form because it allows me to still continue to voice um you know, um, my, my opinions and, and columns and interests and all of that through the Super Talk uh, network. So I'm looking forward to doing more of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about you being part because, again, with your, your background and having been really all over the state. Mm-hmm. And you and I were you and I were um, talking before we started that it's really remarkable actually that our paths didn't right. cross along the way, given that we've uh, we've had 
You know, I've, I've, as you mentioned, Laurel and Oxford and Vicksburg and Picky and Marie, I've knew publishers and owners from all those right. different newspapers, worked with them, with many of them uh, at the Mississippi Press Association board over a bunch of years and saving some of them, some of them on the board for the Southern Newspaper Publishers Association that I was active in for, for a number of years. So it was uh, it really interesting that our, that our past didn't cross in, in that way. But you yeah. retired out of the business in 19. I retired from the business in 2016. But boy, during the time that we, um, during our careers from beginning to end, we saw massive change brought about by the digital tsunami, didn't we? It's, it still amazes me how much it changed in just a brief, I say, you know, 30 years may seem like a long time. But when I started in 1989, we were still running copy through waxers and rolling it up before, you know, printers and laptops became available and digital cameras became available, you know, so we saw the tail end of that era and then we're part of the digital era. And uh, now it's just, you know, I don't even know what to think of what print journalism is today because it's, it's, I, I could still do some of it, but it's all done, you know, electronically basically is what you have these days. And uh, it's changed the, uh, tremendously over the last 30 years. It amazes me still, still now how much has changed and it's still evolving um, to today. So, but I, I think local journalism is uh, something that uh, is vital to a community. I still believe that. And I believe that you know people will get their news one way or the other, whether it's on their laptop or desktop, or the the old traditional way of just reading the paper. And and I miss that, Ricky. I know you probably yeah. miss reading that. Paper oh yeah, for sure. Sunday, so, but well, the, uh, the business model changed. Yeah, the business model for newspapers, the the revenue source for newspapers was literally obliterated. Right. Um, the high cost of buying an ad in a newspaper was completely and mostly replaced. You know, yeah. I wouldn't say completely, but mostly replaced by uh, digital advertising. And, you know, radio, as I've learned, being a part of Super Talk Mississippi News, uh, Mississippi Media, uh, radio's held their own. I'm, I'm surprised how well it's, it's held its own. And Steve Davenport, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, has been very strategically focused on connecting to Mississippi in the way that he has. And, just, you know, again, some media, TV, uh, they've all had to go through change. They've all had to embrace digital. Mm-hmm. But but none have had to deal with it more than newspapers because, you know, the printed newspaper was gone. You know, I, I had a I was lucky, Rob, because early in my career, I was actually an operations director. I got involved in installing new presses and saw, mm-hmm. you know, Max come along and the and the whole, you know, uh, d- digitization of the production process. And, you know, as we as we, we went to a total electronic approach in that way, um, that actually benefited me greatly further in my career as we got deep into. As we got deep into, you know, how technology was technology was going to change our world, and um, I, I always look back on it as a as a really interesting turning point in my career. When we come back, we'll continue to convert our conversation with uh, with Rob Siegler, who is a new contributing columnist for Super Talk Mississippi um, Media News, and he is uh, he works uh, for um, for the Cruising the Coast Coast team, which is a really important event here in coastal Mississippi. We'll see you after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Rob Siegler, who works at Cruising the Coast. What a great event that is for Coastal Mississippi, a pinnacle event. But he spent a, uh, a career in newspapers across across uh, Mississippi, and now now he's a contributing columnist. We call them thought leaders for Super Talk Mississippi News. And he recently wrote a column about gun violence, and we're gonna we're gonna get into that here in just a second. Um, hey, just one of the one of the important point I want to make, and that is that you you made the point that local news and journalism is so important. You know, I, I think back when I left the Sun-Herald in, in 2009. Actually, let's, let's look at 2005 Katrina hits. The smartphone didn't come along to 2007. Right. That, that's, right. it's, it's mind-boggling to think about it in that way. Yeah. And then look how it's revolutionized the world. But when I left the Sun-Herald in 2009, there were between 50 and 60 employees just in the newsroom. Mm-hmm. There aren't that many employees at the Sun-Herald now. Right. And in the newsroom, there may be five. I don't know exactly. I have to, next time I talk to Blake, I'll have to ask him you know, how many total uh, newsroom employees they have. But when you obliterate the revenue model that, that pays for the journalism, then you're, lost, you know, you're left with you know, trying to do the best you can mm-hmm. with what revenue you have. And, we, you know, in every community in America, newspapers had more resources, more news gathering resources than usually all the other media combined. Right. Um, so, boy, what that means to our local communities in terms of newspapers having a role in keeping democracy viable, literally having a role in keeping democracy viable, what that, what that means to local communities across the United States is not good. And I think what, what, I think what Super Talk uh, Mississippi News is doing is filling that gap in the way that they can. And by adding more and more contributing columnists from across the state, people like you, Rob, I think I think we're going to be having really some important conversations about the kind of things we ought to be talking about. Now, what you wrote about is gun violence. So why don't you kind of give sort of the, the, uh, the summary of what you wrote about? Well, basically, you know, you and I have had, had conversations in the past um, about the issues of of uh, gun violence and how <clears throat> increased seems like you know a lot over the last few years, particularly down here on the coast. And um, so basically, I was I was looking at issues where it seems uh, younger people have access to guns and you know are doing um, harm to one another um, as well as um, to to the communities with with um, their actions and how. It seems like those uh, actions haven't haven't had a lot of consequences, to be quite honest with you, um, or they they have not um, tried to um, to curb the, the, those issues. And I, you know, you and I have discussed you know why those issues have, have evolved to where they are now. And I I think a lot of it has to do that, uh, in my opinion, um, how uh, the family unit has devolved um, down to where you don't have the structure that the children necessarily need when when they're younger by the time they're teenagers where this gun violence has has developed they're beyond um trying trying to convince that they they need to go another path so um the column itself was basically about how um we've lost the sanctity of life 
in a, in a lot of the of our communities and and down here on the coast is no different than what it is in New York or Chicago or LA or or any of that and so I think we need to try to find solutions to those problems uh, mentorship is is something that I, I, I really believe in uh, to try to get some of these these troubled I, using the word troubled youth is kind of cliche ish I think but there, there are a lot of youth in our community who uh, are on the wrong path, and they seem to be um, turning to um, guns more and more. Um, since I wrote my column a month ago, you know, a lot has, has happened, um, you know, down here, even here on the coast. You know, if you look back over this past weekend, and um, um, it's, it's gotten worse, Ricky. And, you know, I think the community has to... Uh, get more involved in trying to find solutions. I don't think there's one magic pill that's going to solve this. And, you know, I think it takes a community effort from everyone, business leaders, uh, church uh, individuals, uh, teachers, coaches, um, you know, people that these youth look up to for guidance and besides just their their families. Um, and so it's going to take a, a, an effort from everyone if we're going to try to uh, continue to be a destination for tourism, for a place where we all want to live and raise our families and, and all of that. Because gun violence that may not impact people directly, but it impacts all of us indirectly in some way or another. Um, whether that means, you know, um, um, going out and feeling safe in our homes at night, locking our doors at night, uh, walking our neighborhoods at night, you know, um, those are issues that that affects everyone, and I, I think something needs to be done. We need to try to find solutions to those prob to that problem. And it seems it's, like, it, Rob, it's interesting because it's almost like it wasn't by design that this happened. No, but here no. we are for th for three days in a row. Now, this is the point I want to make: three days in a row. Wednesday, I had a conversation with uh, Paige Roberts, uh, who is the uh, CEO of the of the Jackson County Chamber about a column she wrote about teen suicide, and Tiffany Murdoch, who is the CEO of Singing River Health System. So we had this terrific conversation, important conversation. I can't say, you know, talking about teen suicides was terrific, but the reality was these are two very passionate women who are engaged in the community to try to find how can we begin to take steps to address teen suicide. And right. the process of having that conversation, though, it was hard to avoid the conversation around gun violence. And, you know, sometimes the gun is aimed at someone else and sometimes the gun is aimed at themselves. Right. It's a sad reality of where we are. And then yesterday, <clears throat> I have a, a, an hour-long conversation with Mayor Fofo Gillich about this past weekend and the culture of gun violence and how the point is that, that guns and drugs and alcohol do not mix. Right. And then when you add to it sort of this culture of violence, it's a it's a very very complicated problem, and then of course you wrote your column some two or three weeks ago, and the reality of it is that it, we're all talking about it. We're all mm -hmm. we're, we're being hit by it from so many different angles. You and I talked about this before we went on to the uh, on the air, but you know you think about the the sort of the breakdown of the traditional family and not having a mother and father in the home. What that means. Yes. You, 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 the issue of, of gun violence that is depicted in video games today and, and the, the overwhelming science that's out there around what's happening to young people's brains when they're involved in, in violent games. And then you add to that 
you know, other role models not existing, and maybe the, maybe the role models that exist are the ones that are the ones you don't want them to have, right. and they're learning f- from right. it. Uh, I often talk about the long conversations I had with Mayor Mitch Landry when I was in New Orleans, and and he said a lot of the young men that are involved in really really violent crimes, some murderers, they mm-hmm. they will tell you the story that they 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 are just scared to death trying to get through today. They they don't expect to live through today, incidentally. Right. And uh, so they make decisions based on that. And when you add it all up, it gets complicated. And what ends up happening when you get into a complicated social problem like this, people tend to bail out because it's just too they just give up, throw their arms up and whatever. And we can't do that, man. We've got to we've got to figure out what the low hanging fruit is and we've got to figure out what the long solutions are going to be. But we have to give our law enforcement some help. I think about this past weekend, and I I think one of the most compelling cases for action is how we put so many of them in harm's way, what was Mm -hmm. supposed to be a fun event. Right. And it becomes right. this violent thing where someone's killed, a, sh- a cop is shot, other people are shot. They said shell casings were everywhere, all mm-hmm. over the place. Um, Rich, we've Rich, got a problem, and we've I got to address it. Park. I live in Edgewater Park, right there next to, to Edgewater Mall. And my wife and I did not venture out throughout the weekend. We waited until Sunday afternoon to drive to Walmart, which is like a block away from our house. And we went at five in the afternoon when we thought things had calmed down. We, we expect, you know, the inconvenience of what, what these type of events, you know, entail. And so we expect that and we, we, we deal with it and our neighbors deal with it. But we ventured to Walmart that Sunday afternoon and spent an hour in there. And at six o'clock, walked out the doors and saw the traffic that had backed up on Switzer, Eisenhower, down Walmart Avenue, um, just because of that incident that had happened. And it took us half an hour to get home from Walmart back to our neighborhood. And so, yeah, you're going to expect those things. But, um, you know, like you said, the, the gun violence aspect of it is something that we cannot have. We, we just can't. I mean, it, at any event, you know, regardless of what it is, we just cannot have that type of behavior where people are, are put in harm's way, law enforcement, as well as the people trying to have a good time. And I, I, I'm all in favor of people having a good time. I, I you know, love that they come down and want to spend time and their money down here on our beaches. And, you, you know, I think that's a great thing for our community. But, you know, we just cannot have the aspect of where people turn to guns to for whatever reason. So, Rob, what was interesting, my daughter, you talked about, you know, how long it took you to get back from your to your house, which is just a matter of a few blocks, you know, right. over 30 minutes to do that. My, my daughter lives less than 10 minutes from my house, and it took them well over an hour to get to our house Sunday for dinner. Um, right. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk about how coastal Mississippi in that moment, the clock stopped, man. I mean, it just, it, the whole, everything about this community across coastal Mississippi, it just kind of came to a screeching halt from I-10 all the way down to Highway 90 and many points in between. When we continue our conversation about gun violence, about a column that Rob Siegler wrote for Super Talk Mississippi News, we'll see you after this. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Rob Siegler, who works actually his day job is with Cruising the Coast, one of the most pinnacle and important uh, events for coastal Mississippi. It's screamingly successful, better every year than the year before. It's been incredible. Even during the pandemic, I was amazed at how well it did. Uh, my my friend Woody Bailey, who I've known for so many years, his uh, inspiration of that of that effort and so many community leaders and what they've done there is uh, is is terrific. And in fact, I actually think it it, it creates a bit of a uh, best practice about how when you have a single promoter and have uh, you know they're following all of the proper steps that are checking in with municipal governments and coordinating with municipal governments and has one sort of single message and et cetera, how an event can go off. In the case of, um, in the case of the, the uh, event from past, this past weekend with spring break, you know, I, I, I watched one of the promoters that was involved in the Coliseum yeah. and he said he'd been involved in promoting for 13 years without any incident. And it's very possible that we crop all of the promoters into one sort of bucket when there could be a reputable and probably is a reputable Mm-hmm. Um, a promoter within the group, and the other promoters that don't really care much about about coastal Mississippi or the rule of law and how what they're doing enables all these pop up parties to occur, and then social media spreads, and you know that's how you get into a situation when you've got you've got all these sort of organic things that happen, and that's what happened this past weekend. And then you had these unfortunate bad elements that come to town. Anyone who will stand in the middle of Highway 90 and, and fire a gun into a crowd, they don't care much about human life. And we've just got to be we got to be smart about how we deal with this going forward, like other communities all across Florida. Now, look, if you want to read more about that, I wrote a column about it uh, at the, the Code of Few Ricky Matthews page. And then you can go watch my full hour long conversation with Fofo Gillich at Super Talk Mississippi News, your favorite podcast where, where you can you'll find it in anything related to Super Talk on Coast View, excuse me, on Facebook or YouTube, et cetera. Uh, we're talking with Rob. Siegler, though, about his column about gun violence. And, you know, as I mentioned, when we went to break for for that moment when that gun went off and you had policemen coming from every direction and going north and south on past on the on Potts Ferry Road Bridge. I can see that from my house. At one point, I did a video of five police cars speeding across Potts Ferry headed north. Um, man, when you got that, you got gridlock already that you described, and then you have an event like that happen. And man, God forbid if anyone were to need emergency services right. during that moment, uh, we were we were shut down and for for a good long time, Rob. And that that we can't that can't happen. That's scary. That's a scary scary thing that can happen right there when you have that kind of chaos all at once, where you have people fleeing for their basically fleeing for their lives. You've got law enforcement trying to get to where the incident's taking place. It's just a recipe for disaster. And uh, it was very, I, I applaud law enforcement for the way that they handled themselves and the, uh, the incident that took place this past weekend. Uh, they had their hands full um, Sunday afternoon. And, well, they had their hands full all weekend, but especially Sunday evening whenever that, that incident happened there on 90. And um, I feel for them because they they have they have this tough, very tough job. And Chief John Miller with the Biloxi 
police department does a tremendous job um, for keeping you know, Biloxi safe. And you know, my heart goes out to him and his officers for for the, the what they had to deal with this past past Sunday evening, especially. Yeah, one of the, one of the things that Fofo Gillich mentioned on my show yesterday was that he had already heard from uh, Billy Hughes, and they had had a conversation, and then uh, Leonard Papania, the CAO for the city of Gulfport, former chief of police for Gulfport, was engaged in that conversation as well. I, I urge all coastal leaders, all mayors, boards of supervisors, to take a one coast approach because uh, one of the th one of the really compelling statements that was made by Chief Miller at the city council meeting is that he had talked to Florida. Uh, mayors, mayor of uh, Miami, among them, incidentally, who actually reached out to him, to, to Chief Miller, uh, not not the mayor, the police chief from oh. from Miami. Um, but what they said, they feel sorry for Biloxi because they were coordinating their efforts to put this to bed, and they knew that this group would find the weak spots, and that Biloxi was going to be a weak spot. And they they said they say Biloxi, they really mean coastal Mississippi. Right. What they said was the they they only regret that they didn't call us and let us know that. And so we got it. What will happen is if Biloxi puts stringent guidelines in place and Gulfport doesn't, they'll find the weak mm -hmm. spot in Gulfport. Or if Gulfport and Biloxi do it and they find a weak spot in Bay St. Louis or Pasquers Dam, they're going to they're going to find that as well, like they did in coastal Alabama, like they've done all across Florida's coast. We need a sort of a coordinated approach to this so that they know that we we welcome people to coastal Mississippi, but right. we're going to do everything in our power to to assure that people have safe visits to coastal Mississippi. And this past weekend was anything but safe. One of the things that, folk, that the, the chief, police chief said was that usually they'll be lucky, not lucky, that's absolutely the wrong way to describe this, but they would, they might have one uh, assault on an officer during an event. You know, it's rare to have that. They had, right. they charged seven people with aggravated assault. Uh, uh, right. And then could have been as many as 12 with, with you know, people throwing bottles at police officers or, or, you know, pushing a car up against them. Just a difficult situation. Right. Anyway, Rob, we're out of town. It's been a pleasure to spend time with you, my friend. Uh, thanks for being part of our family as one of the thought leaders for, for Coastal Mississippi and the state for Super Talk Mississippi News. We look forward to reading future columns and talking to you about them right here on Coast Street. See you, my friend. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Have a great uh, weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.